Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Just a reminder that Diet Starts Tomorrow is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a physician or a health professional. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow. But I stand behind my decision to avoid salad and other disgusting things. With hosts Remy Casimir. I'll have what she's having. And Emily Lubin. Remember, choose like you have a secret. We're here to amuse your boosh. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Emily. And I'm Remy. And today's guest, we are so excited. She is a hilarious stand-up comedian, writer, and the host of Love About Town. And she has a new one-woman show called Don't Kill Yourself Yet. You guys, welcome Kenise Mobley. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank welcome. you for being here. You had a health scare that we wanted to talk about with you today. Before we get into the whole saga of the spoiler stroke, yes. how health focused have you been throughout your life and what are your feelings towards wellness in general? I have not been that health focused, I will admit. So I was a big old nerd in school. So I was in all these academic extracurriculars, not any like physical or sport extracurriculars. Model UN. Uh, I did model you in mock trial, <laughs> debate, yes. environmental club, Latin club. Ooh, Latin. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah, Sawe, quit to get us hodier. Sawe, Maggie Stare. Wait, are you guys kidding right now? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, well, I didn't even know they taught Latin anymore. You can take AP Latin. Yes. You can so go to a whole camp where they only speak Latin. Oh, God. Stop Catholic. it. Is yeah. it Catholic? No. But, okay. Uh, my Latin teacher in high school. T- anyway. Okay. <laughs> Congrats on the fluency in Latin. <laughs> wow. I just took it so I'd get a better SAT score. I took it to get into college. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That's why I didn't get into college. <laughs> just kidding. I did. One place. Um, <laughs> that, that, one place is enough. So yeah. you never played any sports. You weren't really that active. No. What, what was your attitude towards seeing the doctor? Like, would you get yearly physicals? Yes, I got yearly physicals because, like, ever not everyone, but once – People in my family hit a certain age, they just get cancer. It's just like, it's oh. going to be one of the cancers, you're going to get it. So I've always been pretty up on, mm-hmm. like, getting checked out and stuff. I will say, like, I had to do lessons when I was a kid, but you can be bad at it if it's a lesson. You can't be bad at it if you're on a team. So I did, like, right. gymnastics, and I was bad at it. And I did figure <laughs> skating, and I was bad at it. Figure like, skating? Yeah. yeah, it was- Same. Yes. <laughs> it was cool in my, my middle school for a while to do figure skating, so yeah. I did figure skating for a while. This is me slowly realizing that I'm the least well-rounded person. <laughs> like, you both speak Latin, you both did figure skating, my God. God. Did you fence? I did not fence. My school did okay. not have any fencing. Or right. there, oh, what a shame. In Charlotte, there was probably some fencing, but I didn't. Wait, where are you from? Here. You're from here? Oh, yeah, yeah they have everything. They here. have everything. Yeah. Yeah. And my sister and I were at this like bagel place the other day, and this girl had a, a weapon, like a fencing weapon. And I go, what's your weapon? She's like, saber. My sister goes, epe. I go, foil. And I was like, what is this conversation? Wow. <laughs> Hip. 
Very cool and known for being cool. But okay, so you were doing some sports. Yeah. But mostly brain sports. Mostly brain sports. I also did like science bowl and like, yeah, just like the dorky stuff. I did that. Science bowl. Yeah. It's like, I think, no, it was mathletes for uh, that movie with- um, Katie Heron. Yeah. Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Mean Girls, yes. Yeah. Who's Katie Heron? She's, she's the one. The oh, she's, character. she's that's the character's yeah. name. Yeah. Okay, I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard of her. Um, she's the one who like wins because of limits. Yes. The yeah. limit does not, not exist. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it, instead of mathletes, imagine just science questions okay. and stuff. Real, real cool. <laughs> real cool. Yeah, and like in college, I was the president of the honor society, and we had to do a physical thing because all of the big clubs had to, so we had to have a dodgeball team. Mm-hmm. And oh, so I was God. by default the captain of the dodgeball team, but I'm very bad at dodgeball. So Dodgeball sucks. I, I'm sorry if that's terrifying. controversial. No, I, I think that that's like a pretty general it consensus. It is, right? Yeah. I mean, nobody likes it because you're just like forced to hurt. It's kill or be killed yeah. is what dodgeball is. I and I don't want to do either. Lot. Yeah. Also, the balls that they hit, like they leave such a mark. Yeah. They do. And the pattern, not cute. No. Um, but so you used all of that brain power to become a stand-up comic. Yes, it's a ra- like I went to film school and then I moved to LA and then while I was in LA I dated this guy who said he was a stand up and then he I went to one he of his shows. He wasn't funny. He was not funny at yep. all and I thought, <laughs> "Wow, I could do this." And then I started stand up. That's the best way to start. You go to a show and you're like, "Wow, everyone sucks." Yeah. Okay. Um so that all happened and now how many months ago did your stroke happen? A year ago. Okay. And what kind of stroke was it? Do you know? It's the, uh, I cannot pronounce it, and I'm sorry, but it's like the ischemic Ischemic, one. I think. Ischemic, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. I, well, not cool, but I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on the side of the stroke? No. <laughs> okay. No, I was initially thinking it might have been the TIA, the transient ischemic mm. attack, because it's the mini one. Oh, I didn't have the mini one. Oh, my God. So you had a full, full fucking on. thing. Yeah. Okay. Most strokes are ischemic strokes, and an ischemic stroke occurs when blood clots or other particles block the blood vessels to the brain. Yes. So what did that feel like? Did you know what was happening? So the whole day I'd had a headache, and I didn't know what was going on. Mm. And we had gone horseback riding, and I thought maybe it's just like I haven't gone horseback riding in a long time. Maybe I have a headache from being jostled on a horse. Mm -hmm. And then we went to this ceremony. I drank some wine. I took an edible because I was like, that'll make my head feel better. Mm -hmm. And then I walked back to the cabin that I was staying in because all of this was in Utah, uh, which I – it's not it's a place, where strokes happen. It's where strokes happen, and yeah. it's not a place it's I'll ever go back capital. to. Stroke capital, yeah. yeah. Uh, I yeah. have heard that. Have you? Why were you in Utah? Stroke Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was there for, it's by the Open Society Foundation, and it's uh, the creative change. It's like a group of meeting for creative change. So they get like a bunch of really smart people who work in nonprofits and government agencies and like all these things, and then we talk about ways to make the world a better place and they get an entertainers yeah. because it's depressing. Mm. Okay. So it would be, it was like me, a poet, um, and entertainers were like never depressed. So. Yeah, never. <laughs> yeah. So we were really lightening up the mood and I was like, okay, I want to talk about housing for our aging population because yeah. my dream is to have an elder commune one day. Aww. I think that would be really nice. Yeah. Um, so, and I was working and it's with necessary. Them. Yeah. Like I want to, I've seen a lot more articles coming out about um, 
just like a group of people buying a house together and that's where they mm-hmm. live in old age. You know, I've I been have, watching a lot of Golden Girls. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I've had that thought too that that would just be a really nice way to live. I've been watching Big Love and um, I'm not that interested in the polygamy. Oh, we have sex with each other. <laughs> but you know, it's not all bad. Yeah. You expand your family. Yeah. You live together. You share the chores. You share the kids. I mean, you share one guy and one guy <laughs> and you only have to deal with one third of the garbage. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you only have to see your husband a third of the time. It That's honestly how so I bad. like all of my relationships that I've found the most successful have been with people who like lived somewhere else or like were mm, only okay. around half of the week or something. So yeah, see, I'm yeah. so greedy. I've always been like with every boyfriend. I'm like, I wish there was two of you, like one to go to work and one to hang out with me. <gasps> really? Yeah. Needy. Um, <laughs> I just can't imagine wanting someone around that much. I'm, I, I'm just, maybe I'm just uh, antisocial, but I'm like, no, 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 go, you go, no, that what trip, you should go on that trip, mm-hmm. get out of here. Well, I think that's good. I mean, the the opposite would be codependence, which is not what we want, right? So, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Hi, everyone. Um, I've also wanted to make myself two people, though, because I'm like, how what fun would it be if, like, I could hang out with me? Mm-hmm which you can just do alone. <laughs> anyway. I have an identical twin sister, so I'm like, oh, I, I kind of know what it would be like. Yeah. But do you like the same stuff? Yeah, we do. Okay, great. Like externally, I think people see us as rather dissimilar because she's like, she has an MBA. She like is very business focused. She has like a husband and a house and like mm-hmm. it, she was just named a leading like 40 under 40 in the state of Maryland or something. Wow. And I do stand up comedy and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to go around. Blah, blah. So people see us as quite different, but uh-huh. get us in a room talking about pop culture and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening? Why are you two doing this? Wait, I have a question too. So because you are identical twins, does this mean that she would be predisposed to a stroke as well? Yes. So okay. all of the things I've had to talk with about the many doctors I've seen, I send her uh-huh. all that information so that she can take it to her doctor. Okay. Wow, lucky her. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I would love to be your twin sister. <laughs> so you're at this, let's say, retreat. Yes. You're horseback riding. You're doing maybe physical activity that you don't normally do. Yes. And you have a headache. Yes. And oh, you think I, the reason must be I, I, I guess. I'm like, okay, so I take an edible. I'm, my big plan is I'm going to go back to my cabin. I'm going to have a nice warm bath and just lay in the bath. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on the phone with my mom because I'm making fun of things because I am me. You, and yeah. yeah, so to me, I'm like, yeah, a white lady with dreads was doing slam poetry. It was ridiculous. So I'm talking like <laughs> joking about it on the phone with my mom, That's like making fun inducing. of it. That's stroke inducing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, but I'm on the phone with her and I'm like, hey, mom, I'm, I'm kind of short of breath. Like, I don't really know what's going on, but I want you to stay on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's the last thing I really remember because I fell. Yeah, and... But she was still on the phone when someone walked up the trail behind me and found me on the ground. Oh, my God. Like someone shouting, hello, hello, hello on the phone. And then like talked to my mom and -hmm. called the ambulance and all that stuff. So I don't remember much of it at all. But right. Yeah. They found me. Probably for the best. Yeah. I feel bad for my mom just being like, what in the world is going on? She was in North Carolina at the time, just on the phone, Mm -hmm. just hearing something and not really being clear. She probably yeah. heard me screaming and like maybe you vomit uh, quite a bit. Mm. Um, so she might've just heard like a retching vomity noise and then someone saying, hello, hello, hello. Mm-hmm. And then they took you to the hospital, yep. I assume. And how long did it take, do you know, for you to come to? 
Well, I, I think I started coming to like they had. I guess I had gone through surgery at this point, and what? I remember um, they had tried to burst the clot. It was on the. I'm thinking spatially where it is in my head. I I recognize this as an audio medium, but um, it's on the back left is uh-huh, where the okay. clot was, and so I think they had tried to break it up, but then they had just kind of said, "Well, you're just going to have one fewer blood vessels go into your brain." So, whoa, what? okay, so. So they actually did surgery while you were, like, before you even knew what had happened. Yes. Wow. Okay. So then you wake up. What are you told? Uh, I'm told that I had a stroke. And I'm, that doesn't make sense. Because no one in my family has had a stroke, I should say. Like, mm-hmm. my, we, we're a cancer family. We're not a stroke family. Mm-hmm. Like, all my <laughs> stats were good. Like, my blood pressure. Like, even though I don't, I do class pass. I do lazy yoga. I do lazy, okay. like, a variety of things. Yeah. Um, so all my stats were decent, and so it didn't make sense. They're like, this is for someone who has, like, really high blood pressure or who's like, lives a completely sedentary lifestyle. And I'm like, I don't do that, no. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, but they told me that I had a stroke. They also told me that there were people from the program who were there, but I couldn't remember any of them, even mm. though I had spent, like, the week with them. I was like, I don't know who that is. But they did say one comedian, and, like, another comedian happened to be there, and I had met her before, and I was like, okay, I know who she is. She can come in, so... <laughs> Oh wow! So so there were people present at the hospital that yes, you didn't even come remember from them. The, they had come from the program, and my I was like, I had I I have an excuse. My brain is literally yeah, out no, of commission right yeah. now. I think memory so loss is a uh, pretty big part of it. I don't remember any of those. It's, I feel bad because I spent a week with these people, and we talked yeah. about like our hopes and dreams and like what we want to create as far as a society that values mm-hmm. aging people. And uh, nope, sorry. And how old were you at this point? 36. Okay. So I just wanted to go through the types of strokes too, because there are three. It's ischemic, hemorrhagic, and hemorrhagic happens when an artery in the brain leaks, blood, or ruptures. It's all happening in the brain. And uh, high blood temperature and aneurysms can be examples of conditions that can cause a hemorrhagic stroke. And then the one I mentioned before is the transient ischemic one the TIA, and those are more known as like warning strokes, Mm -hmm. even though they need to be treated as a normal one. But it's like, okay, so if you have this, you're more predisposed to having a different type of stroke. Memory loss is a huge part of strokes. Also just losing uh, motor functions and some people lose speech functionality. Did you lose any of those things? So I still don't have feeling on the right side of my Mm. body. Um, and they were hoping that it would come back, that maybe it was like just a temporary thing. Uh, and it, I, I should say it started because like when I woke up, I couldn't walk at all and I couldn't see out of my right eye. Mm-hmm. So now I can see out of my right eye and I can walk. I walked in here, mm-hmm. but, and you can use the left side of your body. I can use the right side of my body. I can write, I can all that, but it's almost like if you were to push me to the point where it would like move the muscles underneath the skin, I can feel that. Uh-huh. But if like a bug were crawling on my skin, I would have no idea. That's what if I just fun. like swatted your hand away? Like what I would if, feel that. You would feel that. Okay, yes. so it, it's not zero feeling. It's, it's not just zero limited feeling, feeling. But it's just like the skin itself. It feels like I'm wearing like a weird like, suit. Yes, yeah. ah. but just on half of my body. Yeah. Got it. And do you know what half of your brain the stroke occurred? Left. Because so it's, it's different. Yeah, it's the, the opposite. The symptoms are different. Oh. Um, whether it happens on the left or right side of your brain. Okay. Yeah. We can talk about Let's that. Let's talk about it. 
Okay, hold on. Let me. I should have done more research. No, and absolutely I was like, I, not. I, just, I talked to my doctor, and I rem- I remember the things that applied to me because I am somewhat self centered, and I was like, me, 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 and then everything else is out of my brain. You know. I actually don't consider that self-centered at all. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I consider no, that like, like taking care of yourself. Yeah, it's okay, like emergency yes. brain. Like, yes. let's do what we can. Yeah. Um, so the different effects when a stroke happens on the right side and left are left side weakness. If you ha- So this is for your right side. Left side weakness, impulsive behavior, overconfidence, inabilities, vision problems, whereas a left side stroke can cause right side weakness, speech and language pattern, slow behavior, other post-stroke side effects. Do those resonate with you? Well, the vision I'd lost in my right, right. eye. Uh, one thing that really irritated and continues to irritate me mm-hmm. is something specific that they don't necessarily, like the people I was seeing were like, we aren't trained for that particular thing, but it takes me longer to read aloud and it's mm. harder for me to read aloud. And I was working at Comedy Central at the time mm-hmm. and a fair chunk of my job would be spot reading scripts. And it's like, hey, we're handing out roles. Here's a script, da, 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 da. And I would try to do it, but like instead of it flowing and sounding like natural speech, it would be like robotic. Like when you're first learning how to read. Yes. Yeah. And that was infuriating and embarrassing. And it would be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm so into this. And if you send me the script in advance, I'll absolutely I'll read it, I'll get it, and I'll be able to perform it in a way that is more natural. But I can't just get something and read something now, which really stinks. Yeah. Did you, did they say if you experienced any type of aphasia? I don't think so. Okay. So aphasia happens sometimes with strokes and it's when you can't speak properly anymore. And the two main ones are Broca's and Wernicke's. And Broca's is, you know, that you're not able to say the thing. And it's like much more painful because you're in this body and you're trying to figure it out. And like, you're desperately trying to get the words. And when they come out, you're like, that's not what I intended. Yeah. Whereas Wernicke's is like, my, my sister studied psych and she would say, Broca's sad, Wernicke's silly. Because mm. Wernicke's, you, you're just having a conversation, but the words will sound like either a jumbled mess or they'll be made up words, but you're having a great time. You think yeah. you're saying, so no aphasia though for- No. Okay. I have seen, so I went to uh, like, it also, strokes also affect your mood significantly. Yeah. And I was really down and they were like, you should go to this support group for young stroke survivors. Ooh. And I've never felt like a bigger asshole in my entire life. Because uh, you were doing so well. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was like, yeah, I'm back living in my apartment by myself and no one needs to help me, but it does take me a little bit longer to read. And sometimes I'm sad. <laughs> Whereas they're like, I've had to move. Like I'm completely dependent on my parents mm-hmm. now who take care of me. One lady couldn't even talk. And it was like, we, everybody had to present, but she was one of the last people to go because it took so long for a sentence to come out oh, for this woman. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, it would, like, I'm, I hope it's not offensive for me to imitate the, like, her, the issue that she was facing, but it was like, hi, I'm name, and it's so, not, like, that has how mm-hmm. slow it was. Mm-hmm. And so it was just to watch that and be like, thank goodness somebody found me. Thank goodness like I didn't make it into my room, which was just like three minutes yeah. away yeah. because no one would have found me for days. Mm-hmm. Like, who? I'm, I feel really lucky that it wasn't as uh, significant, as damaging as it had been for so many of these for other sure. young people. Like, yeah. 
and also ages. Like the young stroke group truly means anyone under the age of like 50 because you're not supposed to get them yeah. young. But some of the people in there, it was like, tw- you had a stroke at 25? Wow. 25? Yeah. And now your life is just like, I live with my parents and mm-hmm. I was like, wow. I am, yeah. Well, it puts things in perspective. Yes. Like yeah. my stuff was rough, but holy cow, it was nothing compared to what these guys had to Some go Some people are in rehab for it for years. Yes. And, and you're right. I mean, I, I have heard that the more time that goes by, the more damaging it can be. So you were very fortunate for that, that somebody found you. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always find the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N U U L Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. What did you have to do in the recovery process, and how soon did you start the recovery process? Sure, sure, sure. So some of the things I had to do were in the hospital. So I was in the hospital for a little over a week, and I had to do cognitive tests, and physical tests. So it would be like, they have to see how long it takes you to walk around the floor of the hospital or Mm -hmm. some things that they give children when they're first learning things. So it's like a word search and you have to find all the words in this. Did you ever, did you guys ever watch the NBC show Hannibal? I didn't, but I've heard of it. (laughs) I, it's a show that I love, like from a production design perspective, it looks fantastic. And it has Mads Mikkelsen, who I'll always have a crush on. Is it related to Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Okay. It's Hannibal the Cannibal, but imagine okay. before Silence of the Lambs, like before he's been locked oh, up. Oh, so it's the uh-huh. origin story. Con- yes. Okay. I, I initially thought it was Hannibal the Conqueror. Yo, no, no. <laughs> although I would be interested in that too. Same. They were talking about how often do you think about the Roman, like yeah. the Roman, uh, <laughs> the Empire, Roman Empire. Yeah. And I do think about it a lot at, based on the studying of Latin. <laughs> and I listen to like Greek and Roman mythology sometimes to help me go to sleep. Nice. Um, you so, and all the men in the world, apparently. Yes, apparently. I'm like, oh God, I can, <laughs> I can hit it off with any of your dads because I will talk their ear off about Hadrian's Wall. Let's do it. I will talk about Hadrian's yes. Wall for days. I will also talk about the difference between Heracles the myth and Hercules, the Disney movie. Yes, very forever. different. What? I thought it was so accurate. <laughs> I thought it was like a documentary by Disney. Why did you bring up Hannibal though? Thank you. <laughs> okay, so in the show Hannibal, 
he, as a psychologist, is testing someone who's clearly experiencing some sort of psychotic break, at, like a mental episode. And he makes him draw a clock. And based on how you draw a clock incorrectly, like the mistakes that you make, mm -hmm. it tells them where in the brain the problems are. Whoa. And so I had seen this, and I can remember this uh -huh. happening when a nurse asked me, or it's not a nurse, she's she was some sort of... Medical type. Yes, thank you. PA. Um, yeah, I was like, I don't know exactly what she did, but she was testing me. So uh, okay. Um, she asked me to draw a clock, and I was like, I've saw, I saw this on that episode, and she was like, just draw the clock. Uh, <laughs> so I draw the clock, and then, like, like, are you impressed by me? Yeah, now? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, I I've seen it. No, uh, but I I draw it really quickly, not looking at it, and I look down, and it's like all wrong. Mm. Like it's like it's not a circle; it's like a weird blob, mm -hmm. and the numbers are all on the right side, and like the line is like kind of going crazy out, and it was just like, oh my, oh my god! But like, as you're drawing it, you felt like you were yes. putting it in the right place. Yes. Wow. That's wild. That's the thing that was the scariest to me because it was like, you asked me to draw a clock. I know what clocks look like. I've been yeah. seeing clocks my whole life. Oh, yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Oh, no. <laughs> like, But yeah, that's. I feel like that's like the frustration of that woman in your group or whatever. Yes. Like anybody else is like, oh, well, it's taking her a really long time. But she knows, you know, like she's having that frustration too. And then, but you're like, oh, wait, I thought I drew this perfectly. Thought, and now yeah. I have to contend with the fact that like something is wrong. Yeah, because your brain and your body are just not matching up They're in not that moment. at all, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so then what was their assessment after that? Oh, you, yeah, you it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> so they were like, you're going to need to see a speech pathologist. pathologist. Yeah, you're going to need to see occupational. You're going to see just a general physical. So I had to see those when I got back to New York. And they were all like, after a while, they're just like, oh, we see that there is a deficit that you are experiencing, that mm -hmm. you feel, but you're hitting the milestones as required for us mm. as You're just therapists. an overachiever. So yes. you're like, I want to be able to do it all <laughs> exactly. now. Exactly. I want to be able to read as quickly as I was reading before. Like, mm -hmm. why would you? But they're like, well, to me, it's essentially because the types of tasks that they have you do, especially in occupational therapy, are like sorting pins and screwing bolts and doing things like this. And so I'm like... Is it once I can work at a factory, I don't need any help? Is that what you're saying to me? Uh, so, yes, they once you can do factory activities. Which I'm not even confident I could do, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Not, not to diminish anyone wrong. who works in a factory. Thank you for your labor. Mm. Your labor is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Yeah. Oh, I, well, that's what I think that's of when I think of that. Yeah. That's my Roman Empire. Yes, yeah. How many, the, ask women, how often do you think of that? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think about or that, the, the radium girls, all of it. The Titanic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that for me. Jean Benet. <laughs> oh, Jean Benet. You know, I actually don't think about her too much. Uh, although I, I was starting to think about her more when that whole Katy Perry rumor Ooh, was. Right. Yeah. Just because I thought it was fun. You didn't remember the people that you were with directly. Did mm -hmm. you forget anybody in your life or anything about your life? So my, thankfully, my family, because I was out, I had gone through surgery. I should say I woke up in an MRI machine and I Oof. am very claustrophobic. Yeah. So I like freak out and I'm screaming and I'm trying to climb out of the MRI machine and they're trying to subdue me. And then my mom comes in and I was like, 
because I had no idea how much time had passed mm-hmm. since I had passed out on my walk. But apparently it was enough time for my mom to get there and my older sister to get there. So my older sister started quizzing me to like try to help me remember, which is honestly very helpful because even before, I don't know if I could have told you all of the names of my cousins and their children and all that. This is a good excuse. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now you, I you had a stroke. <laughs> yes, I use it not all the time. Like I, I try to be a nice person, but if I forget someone's name, I'm like, oh, brain. Ugh, uh. Hey, you. Yes. Uh, so my sister would quiz me on like, what is this person's name? And I would be like, I would list out details of them. And this is when my family was like, you were kind of mean. Um, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, the one whose hair's always messed up. That one. And she's like, Kanice, you have to say her name. And I'd be like, okay. The one who dropped out? Uh, the one who didn't? Like, just like mean. So I, I guess it says something deeply about who I am deep down. And how I'm like, you feel about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that I mentioned that, oh, the Republicans? <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah. But those are the truly memorable things. Those like, are the me- most memorable you know, things. About th- I mean, they they have their own lives, sure. But like sure. for me, memorable parts are mm-hmm. mess up hair, Republican, has a weird boyfriend, <laughs> etc. So, so was that not even a reliable test because you couldn't remember the names from very well from before? Like, it was that it even probably, enough? It wasn't a reliable <laughs> test. Now that you're saying that, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. Because maybe I've just always been a. Is it self-absorbed or just like not interested? Um, one of the two, but I'm not think in remembering all of their names now. Yeah, I, I don't think it's self-absorption. Okay. I, I don't even know if that's a real term, but I believe it. You know, your extended family, like if you don't see them many times a year, like I think it's it's pretty normal. Thank you. It's pretty Thank normal. You. you are valid. You are normal. You I are seen. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, but was it okay? What when you say memory loss, was it? long-term memory loss or more short-term? Because you couldn't remember those people that you had met the past week. I'd say short-term. Okay. Uh, Because I was like, people were asking me details of the week and that... Gone. Gone. Yeah, I was like, I remember that there were people and I remember we were sitting in a circle, but it is kind of a jumble. Like, I think some were brunettes. So that's what I can tell you about it. (laughs) That white woman doing the slam poetry. You woke up and you were like, oh. <laughs> I had another stroke right upon remembering. Like, I don't remember, remember much, but I, I remember her. I do remember that she had like wide cut jeans. And I was like, this whole thing, I feel like it's not for me. <laughs> um, I don't know who it is for, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, I genuinely, you know what? That lady's just trying to eke out a living in this hard world. But yeah, what she chooses to do with her <laughs> life is not a thing that I'm super into. Um, yeah, but I could remember like, Because it was four days after I had recorded my album. And so I recorded my album. Thank God you got that. Yeah, Yeah. right right under the wire. That's lucky. Um, It pushed things back because I was like, I'm out of commission. I'm sorry. I can't answer your emails Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. do a, like a, I can't listen to the tracks and like approve this or suggest edits and stuff like that. Uh, So you guys are going to have to ask me in a month because I'm not a person right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And was that enough time? Yeah, mostly, because also it helps. How do I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. Some people are fueled by an internal desire to be better, but often I find I am fueled by an internal desire to like get away from things that are annoying me. And I had been with my mom for three and a half, four weeks at this point. And I was like, I love you, but I need you to get away from me. Yeah, hard And that pushed me to be like, because I stayed in New- in North Carolina for a while, and then we came back. But 
they were planning on having me in North Carolina for like three months. And after like three weeks, I was like, so let's start talking about getting back. Mm -hmm. Let's start. And I think I was like, yeah, I can remember. I'm like actively trying to remember things and people and faces and places and stuff. Because you want to get the fuck out of there. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, I, I have to know, like, okay, just looking at a map of New York, like my neighborhood, like, okay, I know where things are. Can I point to where the grocery store is? Can I do this? And I will push myself in this area because I want to get away from North Carolina where the doctors were like, well, I mean, with those vaccines, this is kind of to be expected. And you're like, Ooh. oh, God, I don't, I don't like this. Yeah, that's not the vibe. Yeah. yeah. Did, so the physical rehab, what was that like? It was interesting because there are two people that I saw for physical rehab. Mm-hmm. And one was this old guy and he found out I was a comedian. And so he would oh, try no. to tell me jokes. No. But imagine an old guy telling jokes. So you're like, I don't know if you should ever say that again. Um, <laughs> you should maybe, ugh. Why did you think I, a black woman, would like, like that, that uh-huh. joke? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, needs, he just needs to say it. Yes, he needed to. He was like, <laughs> oh, finally, an outlet for this. But he would be like. That sounds like the worst rehab ever. <laughs> he, but he was like very nervous. Mm. And so he'd be like, don't exert yourself. If you start breathing hard, you quit. Stop. Stop immediately. Mm-hmm. Don't don't exert yourself. Oh my so God. It would be like like stepping up a small step and he'd be like, step down from the small step. I think he was used to like working with other like post-65 people. So sure. he was like, uh, take it easy. You might fall. You'd break a hip. Wow, it sounds like full I on helicopter. <laughs> sounds like full on helicopter dad. You yes. Know? But then there was another guy who was like, I think you can do it. And he had a very cool Russian accent. And he was like, stretch and stretch and stretch and lift and lift your hips. And so I'd be like, okay. I'd like break a sweat seeing that guy. And he'd be like, okay, you got to do like four reps of this. And he'd give me all these printouts. And like, so I'd have these printouts that I do in my house with these like bands. I don't what I'm not a resistance, uh, resistance bands. Band. Thank yeah. goodness. I was like, I am not an exercise person. <laughs> so I don't know what these things bands. are called. Yes. But they're like stretchy resistance bands. And I'd have to do all these exercises with stretchy resistance bands. And I liked that. So. And could you walk like day one out of, out of your bed? So day like the in the hospital, it was slow. Okay. Like at first, the right leg wasn't really cooperating. Mm-hmm. And by the time I left the hospital, I was able to do a lap of the hospital. I used the IV stand as a cane, but I did the lap and it was like within a reasonable amount of time. And then in North Carolina, I would make my mom go on these little walks with me mm-hmm. just to like work that skill up. And once we got back to New York, she came with me to New York. We went to the park. Yeah. I felt very much so like an old person, like we had to slow down mom. And she would ask me to read the statues and Aww. it was embarrassing how long it took. But yeah. yes, I would like an old person walk up to a statue and read it. And she'd be like, you good? And I'd be like, I'm not done yet, mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And was it about the processing when reading things or was it just about strictly reading? I think the processing, but truly like words, seeing word, yeah. word, word, figures, words. Okay. What's needed for that? Is it mainly occupational therapy? It's mostly speech, but insurance doesn't cover that much speech. So I, I think I got to see. I was ask about that yeah. too. Like all of this stuff must have been so expensive. I am, it's weird to say, I am lucky that I didn't make any money the year that I got insurance. So I mm. have Medicaid or mm-hmm. Medi- whichever one's for poor people. Medicaid. Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So I have Medicaid. And then, so Medicaid took care of most of it, but they were just like, you can only see these doctors and you can only see this. So 
I didn't, I probably could have looked into more and maybe actually my brain would be better if I had looked into more options. You're right. No, okay. but you know what? <laughs> the, I, I think about this all the time because I, for quite a few years, I was also on Medicaid and it's great. It covers a lot. Yes. I mean, I had dental, like free of charge. Oh, nice. But oh, you're right that only very specific places will accept it. Yes. And you're on a wait list because a lot of people are trying to get in there, mm -hmm. whatever kind of specialist you're trying to see. Mm -hmm. I had a big issue finding a therapist mm -hmm. that would take it. Ooh, yeah. Because then you'd be on a wait list for like six months to a year. And you know that you only seek out the medical treatment when you really, you really, really need, need it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the issue with, with Medicaid. It, it really is a great system, but there's just not enough people who take nope. it. And so you just don't get the care you need when you need it. And like, I've had many times where I had confirmed this person takes my insurance. Yes, I get to the appointment. They're like, actually, that person doesn't take your insurance. Yes. And so it's like, okay, so I took the morning off to come here. And then, so I can't get this test that will tell me why I had a stroke. And like, it's just, yeah, that has to be approved by this person and these people. And, and you have to call. Yes. You who just had a stroke. Yes. You have to get it together. Call talk to a robot, mm -hmm. try mm -hmm. to find a way to maneuver it around it to talk to a human being. Yes. Probably have to wait weeks to get a call back for that. And you're not operating at 100%, obviously. Uh, yes. So it, I was on the phone with insurance today because I'm going on vacation and I have medication that I take. And so I need the medication like so that I can pick it up before I go so that I have medicine for my vacation. Is it medication for strokes or? It's because... It's I'm counting it for stroke, but it's uh, it's Lexapro. Okay. Because I wasn't on it before, and now it's and like- And now because, yeah, yeah, a lot of mental health and depression yes. happens after I stroke. also have like a bunch of like pills that I have to take for blood pressure and uh, like, I was like blood thickness, but it's like a blood thinner. Um, but I have enough of those, I feel, because they give me some of those in 90-day supplies, mm -hmm. so I'm fine to travel with that. But when they only give me, like, a 30-day supply, then it's like, okay, I need, can I pick this up early? Like, what's the deal? Mm -hmm. And I spoke to three different people today, and they all said something different. I love that. It's like, damn, I that's one thing I hate about Medicare or Medicaid. Yeah, and because, then you call the doctor, and they're like, you need to call the insurance exactly. company. And then you call the insurance company, and they're like, you need to talk to your doctor. Exactly. And everybody talks to you like you're such a dumbass. You're like, I swear, I went to grad school. I swear, I can <laughs> understand things. I know that I've gone through a brain injury. I was injury, a mathlete. Yeah, <laughs> you should be able to show your mathlete card yeah. for that. Uh, science ball, science ball. I'm, I'm not science as good bowl, as math. Sorry. And I say, I, I always clarify that I'm not as good at math because my mother like majored in math and was a mathematician. Mm. And the way that she is good at math, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. She's and like one of those parents that makes you do mental math. And you're like, I can't. I, I don't have know a calculator. calculator and yeah, it's I'm, fine. Get, I'm getting out my phone to figure that out. Yeah. I don't yeah, know what you're talking about. Cruel and unusual punishment. Yes. Had you ever had depression before the stroke? Yes, but okay. not as serious. Yeah. Like I had had. I live in a city. Yeah. Like, we live I, in a society. We live we in a society. Some shit. Yeah. I'm aware of sociopolitical things. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I have had depression off and on for a while, but it had never gotten to the point where it's like, I cannot get out of bed. I'm crying all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm having suicidal ideation. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I should probably get some medication for this. For sure. Yeah. And since you've been on that medication, has your mood much improved? Much better, mm -hmm. much better. Don't get me wrong. I 
I have my period every month and beforehand, <laughs> I'm like, fuck everybody. Do yeah. you know that that's the reason? Because that happens to me too, but but I never, for some reason, it never registers like, oh yeah, this is completely hormonal. For it's, that I reason. hate how hormonal it is. And part of the reason why I'm wearing a white jumpsuit today mm-hmm. is to try to coax it out. Hilarious. <laughs> Like it'll it'll force my period to yeah. come sooner. That's very You're real. Taunting it. Yes. Like <laughs> take this risk if you want. To. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. We will take photographic evidence okay. if that okay. happens. Cool, cool, cool. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, with depression, there's like anxiety, mood swings, emotional outbursts. This also just sounds like a period. Were you yes. having emotional outbursts as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, my mom had to deal with the brunt of this because we flew from Utah to North Carolina, and I would be. We'd be having a normal conversation, mm-hmm. just normal or like going about our day doing stuff. And then I would burst into tears and be like, you said something 15 years ago that I'm still holding a grudge about mm-hmm. and you never apologized. And like just like crying or like yeah. she came into, I was in, I remember I was in my childhood bed and I was just crying and I was like, none of it's going to work out. It's all not going to work out. It's just, Aww. this is it. Da-da-da-da. And uh, it's never going to work out. And she was like, but Kanice, it's okay. And, uh, I was just like, I went like further and further down a spiral. And she's like, I'm scared for you. Mm-hmm. And I think you should call someone. My mom doesn't really believe in mental health mm. uh, okay. or like medicine for it or anything. Sure. But she was like, something should be done about whatever this is. <laughs> because, like, Can we call a mechanic? Yeah, or- like, oh, this, this isn't right. You're not yeah. supposed to be like this. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. Somebody once made fun of me for going to therapy and then they were like, get help. And I was like, what do you think yeah. therapy is? <laughs> Where do I get help? I go to the help store? Yeah. Like, what, are, like, what, what, are you what else about? do you think is there? Like what? Okay. The help factory. Yeah. Boo. Has your mom come to around? That, to that person, not you saying help factory. Shit. Sorry, I wasn't saying booty a joke. I was... I was adding on to your joke by saying boo to that person. Boo to that. I'm thank sorry. you, thank you. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm just. <laughs> Has your mom come around on the therapy? Yes. Okay. Well, I think it's because she saw me as a 30-something just like bawling my eyes out and yeah. just like repeating the same phrase over and over. And also, she was like, in yeah. your childhood bedroom, like the image of that is there's something very childlike about it. It must have been really hard for her to see that. Yeah. Because also like this is when I'm still like – I have to read aloud every day for 30 minutes and mm-hmm. I have to physically write every day for 30 minutes because at first my handwriting was really bad and it's gotten a lot better since then. But just her seeing me like go through these things and like do physical exercises and she's almost like I'm – she's 68 at the time. Uh, I'm able to do these things but my daughter isn't. Mm-hmm. And so – and she had been on the one who was on the phone with me when I had the stroke. So it's just like uh, – yes, it was very hard for my mom and I – Every time I say that, I'm like, damn, I, I got to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was hard for you. Yes. I, you know, ultimately, you're the one who needs to rehabilitate yourself yeah. and, and do these things. So what? where are you in the recovery process? Like, are you pretty much done? Looking at you, you seem so functional oh, and you. like- you know, I can barely tell a difference, but you are probably able to tell more of a difference uh, within yes. yourself. I, I think I'm mostly done, or according to her insurance, I was done 10 weeks after. They were like, mm. you have this many sessions with people, you're done. That okay. feels short, but. The, well, I, I know. It's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that I didn't lose more abilities. I still try to write every day physically mm-hmm. to keep my hand strength up. And I did let the, uh, 
like the physical therapy exercises go. And then I started having searing pain in my leg, in my right leg on the side. And I was like, it's got to be significant because I don't even have feeling like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you have sciatica. And then I talked to... Oh, what what God. is sciatica? It's, it's like, like a nerve of the nerve. Okay, like the area around the nerve. Ariel Ow. Elias has sciatica, yeah. and so I reached out to her, and she was like, "Yeah, you got to exercise." Like I know it sucks, but you got to exercise. So now every day I have to do my little sciatica exercises, so mm. that I like because it would be like, "Oh, I can't walk." Like I just have to sit in bed because I'm in like physical pain. But now I do my little stretches and I do my little exercises, which is sit-ups, and I go on long walks. Okay. I feel like Grey Gardens is not the right thing. They Those little women were <laughs> locked up. But not I don't locked think they up. were really exercising. They, I don't think so. But I yeah. used to feel like a dawdling old person who's like, I walk around the block and <laughs> these people know my order at this place. And yeah. oh, yeah. You're kind of like my grandma. Like yes. I, I do my 30 minutes of water yep. walking a day. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But it Actually, goes from, I, I mean, I don't know if you ever felt this way. It, I think it like recalibrates exercising and from I'm not trying to look a certain way. I'm yes. trying to feel better. Yes. Yeah. And as somebody who exercise was not a huge part of your life before, has there been a shift in the way you feel it about it? It certainly takes the pressure off because if anyone's like, you're not good at this, I'll be like, I'm dealing. I'm, I, I, I had a stroke. Get off my back, okay? <laughs> True. Most stroke people die within 10 years. And I'm still alive. Like, I mean, I have nine more years, but like, I'm still alive. So, like, let me live my life, you know? Uh, is that true? That's it's ten years after a stroke. Yeah, but that it's they... because most people who have strokes are like sixty-eight years old. Yeah. Right. So it's like most of them are dead within ten years, but they were, no offense, kind of going to be dead anyway. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are ways to help prevent a stroke. Did they advise certain things to you to prevent it for the future? They really just put me on medication, and they tried mm-hmm. to like get the cause. So one. And this is why right now my primary care physician and my neurologist are on one side and my cardiologist is on another side of a fight over how I had a stroke. Because because you need to figure out why it happened. Exactly, to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. So they like, and I'm on medicine that's supposed to be able to prevent it, but just in case there's an interruption in medicine or all these things, they think it's better to fix the problem, but they can't agree on what the problem is. Mm. So the doctor and the neurologist think that there's a hole in my heart that a clot went through and then got lodged in my brain. A Ooh. hole in your heart? Please. Yes. Oh, I know. That's sad. But apparently quite a few people have holes in their heart. It's just like a developmental thing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it leads to a stroke and sometimes it doesn't. So they think it's that, and they were like, okay, we can do this heart surgery. That's not like a super crazy heart surgery. It's not like we have to open up your chest or anything, but we'll just seal up that heart, that, that hole, and then you'll be okay. And then the car- How card- are they going to get in there without opening up? I don't yeah. understand. It's, like, it's the same way they tried to bust up the clot, where they did an incision in my leg and went up through the what? thing to go to my brain. So they didn't cut on the back of my head at all. I don't know. Did up. she mention that? Oh, no, I didn't mention it before. Oh, my God. Yeah. That that is truly amazing. I mean, I, science blows my mind. Science blows my mind, and I didn't do a science bowl. <laughs> anyway, wait. So they did that operation? Yes, because they did that to try to like break up the clot, yeah. and so they yeah, yeah, yeah. they like essentially it's like almost like sticking a, a thin un uninflated balloon up there and then blowing it in to like try to break up the clot. Yeah, expand it and then it expands in contraction. That process should break down the clot, but it didn't break down the clot. So they did that and then they took that out and then they're like, well, we've stabilized her and, but 
she's just not going to have like a that one blood vessels out. Sorry. Uh-huh. So okay. Yeah, you can live without that one. Yeah, you've got four going or two going in, two going out. Yeah. But that's kind of frustrating when two types of medical professionals are saying we don't know the source because the source is the way you need to treat it. So the cardiologist yeah. disagrees and she's like, okay, we did a test where we put bubbles in your blood. Like not ones that can kill you, but like little things that they can see on a thing and on an x-ray or not an x-ray type of scan. They put an MRI. Well, it's, it, I don't I've, know. I'm I've just been in an MRI. I appreciate that. Uh, this is a, <laughs> a transesophageal echocardiogram. I yeah. have learned how to say that it. That was going to be my next guess. Yes, of course. <laughs> but they stick a camera down your throat and they take pictures of the back of your heart. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know they put they they put something in your blood so that they can see where the blood's going. But also to put you under during this test, they give you fentanyl. And I was like, I'm doing Jesus. fentanyl? Okay. Hard shit. Yeah. So I would I, be scared to do that. Yeah. I was like, but I'm already here. So, okay. Um, Let's have a good time. Yeah. I guess I'll do fentanyl. <laughs> uh, but it was one of those things where it's like, I don't remember any of it. They were like, okay, we're going to count down from 10 and did it. And I remember them saying like, 10 <laughs> and I don't remember <laughs> I was uh-huh. out so fentanyl very effective like don't do it but like it works um just so you know yeah guys. just 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 heads up uh, based on that test they were like there's lots of bubbles on one side and there should be and if there was this hole in your heart we'd see a ton of bubbles moving from one side to the other side of mm. your heart through the hole through the hole but we're not seeing that so I can't in good conscience approve this surgery because I'm not seeing anything that supports this hole in the heart theory. And then the doctor's like, well, that's, she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's definitely the hole in the heart thing. And you're like, I don't know that it is. So right now I'm just like, well, I'll just keep taking this medicine. <laughs> is that frustrating though to, to yeah. not know like if you can be doing something else to prevent another stroke? Yes. When the water wars happen. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, I think environmental catastrophe, okay. I probably won't have access to CVS. So I'd like to get stuff fixed for like when we have to fight to survive. You're trying to hoard. Yes. Yeah, I understand. I, I would I, I will put up things on the windows and like learn a weapon of some sort, mm-hmm. but you need a second or th- I mean a third opinion, I think, or a f- yes. fourth, you know, like Yes. Uh because if treatment requires knowing what caused it, there are several things that could have caused it. It could be the hole in the heart. Mm-hmm. It could be the, what's the, th- the other one? With blood. the bubbles? The, the blood. The blood oh. clot? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, well, it, no, it was no, caused no. by a blood clot. No, we, we know it was. Yeah. But, yeah. but the initial thing is uh, like, like, did they test for diabetes or AFib or heart disease or high blood pressure yes, or high cholesterol? Yes, all that. And yeah. I don't have any of those. Wild. Because- so. Those are yeah. sources of other strokes. Yeah, I mean, but that to me, <laughs> that to me would be the most frustrating part of it is like, why am I even getting all these tests done if I don't know if we don't get the an answer cause of it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've just been like, I guess I won't ride horses again. I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> really staying well, away from the white women doing slam poetry yeah. scene. Yeah, I th- I mean, that's my theory. Well, white women with dreads. I think white women can tell poetry. I just, with well, white women with dreads, dreads specifically. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, 
I think the dr- white women shouldn't have dreads <laughs> to begin with, but also the slam poetry just like sets it over the top. Then it's you're not in poetry stroke territory. regular. It's slam right. poetry. Because anybody, I, I like poetry. I like poetry, yeah. Um, but once it's, once it's slamming, I think you need to be a little more conscious. Yeah. And it's just not for everybody. It isn't. And I think that's okay to say. Thank you. Prevent strokes when you can. Yes. <laughs> Guys, it's about avoiding slam poetry. Yeah. One of the biggest things I have heard about strokes is that, like, you know you're having one when your left side goes numb or something like that. And there was a time that that happened to me. I had, like, a massive headache for, a, a, like, three hours or something. And I was at a job. And my left arm started going numb and my left side of my face started going numb. And I don't know if this is correct, but that's what I had heard of, okay, you're having a stroke. Yeah. And your face went numb too? mm -hmm. Wow. And um, I called my boyfriend at the time. I had him take me to the hospital. And my thing, it turned out to be an acute migraine. It was not a stroke at all. Okay. Um, But do you, did you remember experiencing any numbness? So it wasn't numbness. The lady who found me asked my mom if I had Bell's palsy because my your face, face was had, looking. Yeah, it, the like muscles was, weren't. Yeah, yeah, so it was not like working. My, yeah. This side of my face completely slackened, and I do remember flashes of it, but I was just like, I can't see. So like my vision in both eyes was just gone. And this is before they treated it, right? But yeah, I was on the ground, and I remember people were talking around me, and this had to be while we were waiting for the ambulance to come. And I was like, I can't see. I can't see. Oh, and my God. So that's I'm terrifying. Like freaking out. I can't see. Um, I start vomiting a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I'm like, I don't know. How quickly did your vision come back after the surgery? My vision in my left eye came back pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. My vision in my right eye, it took most of the week, I'll say. Because it was like I would measure it like with my hand and I'd be like, okay, I can see it. Like if the center of my face is zero degrees, I can see it now at uh, 50, 60, 7. Like, and then when I got to, I can see it to 90 degrees. I was like, okay, I think I'm getting mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so I've disorienting, heard. though. Yeah. I've heard that if you lose vision in one eye, then the other eye kind of overcompensates for the eye that loses the vision. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like, how does that even work? Like. Because because what you're saying, your peripheral vision obviously wouldn't be the same. Yeah. Just my thoughts on it. Was your science fair? What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> science crap, crap. Got an opinion? Um, maybe. <laughs> I'm trying to think back to that. I think it's just like you end up kind of looking like a, an owl or a, a bird because <laughs> I don't think they can move their – they don't have the muscles to move their eyes all around. So it is like darting True. your head But that's why owls directions. can turn their head yes, all the way around. Or almost 360. Well, yeah, almost, which is scary but very Have you cool. seen – it's one of my favorite things on the internet. It's mm-hmm. these images of uh, owls without their feathers. No. No. They look like weird aliens because they've got long legs, but they're just like in oh, that feathery they do mass. Have long legs. And so it's just like, it, it's, it's what happens is somebody, I think, went up into their crawl space or something, and they're these like baby owls who don't have feathers yet, and their eyes are also reflecting all the light. So just imagine this huge, like huge big eyes, and then little 
little legs that are like stalks with like a circular body and little like wings the Steve sticking Madden out. Madden dolls from the yes, the, the inspiration probably. Yeah, I mean, you kind of are describing ET right now. Take a look. Take a look at it. Owls without feathers. Yes. Let me just let me just <laughs> smash this real quick. Yes. Okay. Um, no way. <laughs> Oh. It looks nothing like an owl. Wait, let me let me see what you're seeing. This, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, uh. it doesn't look anything like an owl. They're so naked. Yes. So naked. Oh my um, god, its eyes are huge. Yes. All right, this is not. <laughs> you're not content. Don't kill yourself yet. Yes. Did you write that pre or post stroke? I so I wrote the first half of it pre and the second half of it post. So wow. I already had this like don't kill yourself uh, mm -hmm. because I would call my sister like sad, mm -hmm. and she would be like, you know those things that I always tell you to do? Can you do those things before you call me? Mm. <laughs> like coping strategies? Yes. What, what specifically? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so it'd be like, drink a glass of water, mm -hmm. take yep. a shower, <laughs> eat a meal, yeah. go for a walk. Yeah. Like just basic life things. But basic things that sometimes you forget to do yes. when you're depressed. I yes. do the same thing with my sister though, that I'm like calling you is my coping strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, <laughs> but I'm, I think at the time she had just had a baby. So it was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Um, she's also a very nice lady. I love her. Um, <laughs> but she was like, I do not have time for this. I am raising another person mm -hmm. and I don't need to be raising my twin sister. Stop. I already mm -hmm. need to get this baby to drink yes. water. Yeah, exactly. totally. So that was the basis. The list was the basis of the show. Mm -hmm. And then. Uh, oh, so it's like, don't kill yourself. Yeah. Do these things yes, first. Water. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yes. Uh, and then it goes into like, okay, I had been, like I had had some like very vague suicidal ideation. Mm -hmm. um, and then like my body's tried to kill me. And then, okay, where do I, like, where do I stand essentially is, yeah. is part of the show. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that it was written in two parts because I feel like not not that woohoo the stroke happened but it does <laughs> nourish part yeah. of the show yeah it was like what would the show have been without it yeah incomplete yes exactly waiting for something to happen Do you, I mean it's kind of like not the best way to to look at it or maybe it is actually maybe it's kind of like silver lining ish but do you think that do you think that experiencing that kind of like gave you this new inspiration to finish the show yes in the same okay, so after hearing like the stroke survivors usually last ten years, mm -hmm. uh, or they have ten years or less, and it's like okay, what do I want to do if I only have ten years left? And I I hopefully will have more, but if I only have ten years left, what do I want to do? Well, I have always wanted to write a show. Okay, I'm writing. A, I've like written a show. We're, mm -hmm. we're finessing it now, but I've written it. Similarly, I had written a treatment for a screenplay. I made my friend who teaches screenwriting teach a class so that it would force me to write these screenplays Amazing. for the class. Like, yeah. Oh. Uh, so I'm like finishing that. I also, I've always been a fan of the movie Under the Tuscan Sun. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to go do that? Yep. Amazing. So I'm, <laughs> in two weeks, I'm going to Rome for a month. I love and that. And so it's like, hey. Wait, I, is this the movie that I'm thinking of? It has Diane Lane? Yes. Okay. Just making sure yes. I was thinking. I, I, I don't like the country. The country scares me. So I'm staying in Rome, mm -hmm. but it, it's in Italy, so it counts. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's kind of like an Eat, Pray, Love-esque yes. adventure. Yes. All right. That's I, lovely. I don't know if I want to fall in love, but I am already taking cooking classes. Yeah. I've like on Airbnb, like you can do experiences and doing like, I've done pasta making, pizza making, and I'll be doing gelato. So. Unreal. Yeah. 
That's okay. lovely. There are some other things that happen with stroke that I was wondering mm-hmm. if you experienced. Did you have any digestive problems or issues with incontinence? I have been able to control my bowels. Great. Um, but the, I didn't eat a meal until at least four days after the stroke. Because mm-hmm. like I just was not hungry and I was like, I don't think I can keep anything down. Mm-hmm. So I'd have like a bite of jello or like the hospital, like you can order food and I'd order food and I would just like kind of like, hey, do you guys want any of this? Because my family was there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I could not eat it. And so, and I would like try to force myself to drink water, but I just couldn't poop. Yeah. Because I hadn't eaten anything and hadn't consumed much water. Mm-hmm. So mostly it was a challenge of like, you got to force yourself to poop, but like not push so hard that you give yourself a headache. Cause that was also like a worry. Like yeah. I would like, like both blow up my asshole, but also like <laughs> blow in my brain. Yeah. 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 By like pushing too hard. So yeah. it's like trying it's to a be. a double edged sword. Yes. Gentle, gentle with the pooping. Fortunately enough, I have never pooped my pants, and I'd like to keep it that way. Oh, my God. I've Congrats. done it as an adult, and it's not fun. I yeah, don't listen. imagine that it would be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, it My happens. drawstring was too tight. <laughs> you think that's what caused it? No, I just didn't make it. Like, I didn't make it home until yeah. I couldn't get it off. Oh, my gosh. Wait, where were you? I did make it home to like the apartment yes, that I okay. was. I was like hovering over the toilet, just trying to fucking get this thing untied. And I was like, oh, yeah, I really, really, really like oh, these God. pants. I just, I, that'd be better than like I was on the train, no, that's which so is bad. like yeah. no, I, my I, nightmare. No, I can I counterpoint. I think this is worse because you're so close. You're so close. I like, but no one has to see well, yeah. and true. smell uh, your shit. Yeah, yeah. and be it's like, nicer for wait, other oh, people wait, is that too. my friend? Oh, oh, <laughs> bye. Yeah. Um, did you encounter any sexual problems? Did you have to relearn? Any of that stuff? I okay. Did you know what sex was? I did know what sex was. I've always been a a pervert, so that has been a big part of uh, who I who I am. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, but I did. I was back home in Charlotte, and it had been three weeks since I had so much as like masturbated, and I was like, Mm -hmm. Kanice, part of your recovery process. I think you've just got to bite the bullet, and you've got (laughs) to masturbate. And so, like in my room, in my mom's, like in my childhood bed in my mom's house uh, with the door closed. I was like trying, but also trying not to strain too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so just like really trying. And then I I'm got- to come in a really relaxed yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just because my body's delicate right now. So I got to come, but in a really relaxed way. And it took like 40 minutes. And then I came and then I got a huge headache. And then I was like super oh. worried that I had like blown a gasket or something yeah. by coming. And my mom noticed there was something wrong with me. And she was like, Kenise, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. What? I wasn't doing anything. What? <laughs> and oh, it was just- but I, I now I think I'm back to normal. But Good. it was this embarrassing thing where it was like, I don't know if you should ever do that again. It was so risky. The family, like, <laughs> oh, uh, and relearning yes, in your childhood yes. bedroom is like so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But yeah, it's, it's cool now. It's great. But I do think that's an important part of health. And in the mm-hmm. they give you a packet that says like you've had a stroke. Uh, yeah. They're like you're gonna be upset a lot. And it'll be like some stuff you can't do. And, but and I think there's like a thing and it's got a picture of an old couple. It's like a picture of them. And it says like, you can return to a healthy lifestyle. You might not want to at first, but you will get there. And it was just like, oh, man, I don't. Oh Are they talking about sex? Yeah. <laughs> like, does it, is this fun or OK? So, yeah. So and how long were you in group? 
with the other people? I only went to group once because I found it too depressing, okay. honestly. Okay. And it was over Zoom. And so it was just looking at different Zoom windows and also being like, I hope my place doesn't look too nice. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, the Zoom therapy sesh can be bleak. It can be a little bleak. Yeah. Um, but also I'm, with people who are like struggling so hard. Yeah. yeah. But but like even in person, I feel like you're able to make that personal connection just a little bit more, mm -hmm. even though it would be hard to be around people who are having like worse symptoms than you or a worse recovery. Just like being in the room with them, I feel like would be a little more a comfortable. Sense of community. Yeah. But this was just like, and the way, I think there are some people who are good at therapy and there are some, like there are bad therapists out there. Mm -hmm. That's just a thing that exists. The woman, her idea of, oh, we're doing group therapy, is that everyone takes three minutes and says what's going on with them. And there's no discussion or <laughs> yeah. like group unit, none of that. No, and it's so, just circle so it feels time. like an yes. open mic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, and I was later in it, and it was like, Medicare's turned down all of my claims. I'm fighting with the government right now. I live with my parents. Like what, somebody like that was close to me, we share a car, like, but I don't drive, like, he lives in it sometimes. It was just like, ah, oh, yeah, like, this sounds awful. Right, and just like, trauma dumping. Yes, mm -hmm. but you're, we're all supposed to do our little trauma dump, and then, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> so then, oh, that's so weird. What do they leave you with? Like, does the therapist address you as a group, or... No, uh, it's been a while since we. I'm, she was. She's an older lady, so I'm just speaking as uh, this is my mental old lady voice. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we last spoke, so uh, uh, it's nice to see some of you again. Uh, everybody's gonna get three minutes. We're gonna go around. So okay, it, really, it is three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. It is a depression open mic. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Not, I'm gonna use that. Thank you. Thank you guys for You're making so welcome. that. Yep. Okay. So do, you do have community though that you can go to and talk to when you're feeling low about this stuff, correct? Oddly, doing stroke jokes mm. and talking about strokes on stage mm -hmm. has meant that a lot of people have reached out to me like, I saw your show and I had a stroke. Nice. Mm. And so that's much- Creating your own. Yes. Yeah. And like uh, Kat Cohen just had a stroke. And no so way. like I reached out to her and like, so yeah, there are now people that I can talk to mm -hmm. about it a little bit more that- People that have gone through a stroke but also still are pursuing creative life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a little less, hey, uh, don't expect anything and nothing's going to work out. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like you've also like kind of more normalized the conversation around it. And I remember when I first heard you say that it had happened, I was like, I don't want to ask her about it because it feels so personal and it mm -hmm. feels like so it's such an intense thing that like most people our age, we don't know anybody who's had one. Yeah. So it is really great that you are talking about it and making it feel like, okay, yeah, this is not just another thing that happens sometimes. It's a thing that happens sometimes. And I am very lucky that I still have most of my abilities. Mm -hmm. Please don't ask me to read in front of a group something I've never read before. But outside of that, I'm pretty good. And hey, some people have even fewer symptoms where mm -hmm. they have like no lasting symptoms from it. So it doesn't have to be uh, an end to yeah. what you were doing. And or even what the you people want. with aphasia and stuff, yes. like I was watching a few videos of like things that you can do to help those people. Like you can keep improving all yes. the time, mm -hmm. no matter what the severity is. So have you made any changes to your wellness routine post-stroke besides the walking around? And is there any, do you eat differently or? 
Well, it's interesting. Like, so based on all the medications I'm taking, mm-hmm. I can't have any alcohol. Okay. So that's one thing. I've become sober and not like I had a rock bottom or anything, uh, but just like a, so I miss it. So sometimes if a drink looks particularly tasty, I will ask a friend if I can smell it. Mm. But uh, this is the weirdest thing that non-drinkers do is smell <laughs> drinks. Cause I'm always like, it doesn't, it's not the smell that I like. But it, it, it seems like it smells like fruity or like there's a lot, like it's a complex smell. And I want to mm. see if mm-hmm. it's like a cocktail, yeah, like a like mixed I, drink. I, I want to be able to imagine it. So let me, mm-hmm. let me smell it and imagine it. So I can't drink. And then for some reason, there were these gummies that were like Delta 9. Delta 9, yeah. Yeah, or oh. something. It was, it was a Delta plus number, but I don't okay. think it was 8. I think it was 9. So okay. they're like, it's closer. And you're like, is it? But for some reason, <laughs> that was like reacting poorly with me. So like I, if it's like an actual weed gummy, I can take it. And I don't take that very often. But these Delta 9 gummies were like, exacerbating the sciatica. So it's like, I don't take that. So I'm ending up, I'm ending up being healthier as a result mm-hmm. of like, oh, I simply can't have some of these bad yeah. things. Yeah. And yeah. I do my little exercises and stretches. And like this morning I had a smoothie because although a smoothie, is it really healthy? But it depends. It depends. It was mostly spinach and fruits and stuff. That sounds that great. That sounds really healthy. But like with like yogurt. That's great. Okay, healthy. cool. I, was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I like at this point I'm like I don't even claim like because someone was like <laughs> he was eating cauliflower which is like barely a vegetable and I was like cauliflower is barely a vegetable I, I cannot oh I can't stand these extremist <laughs> mentalities when it comes to food like oh do you know how many grams of carbs that yeah, cauliflower like, it's like all right I don't can know we I was, all relax yeah I was like that was in salads and like veggie <laughs> dishes so I don't know it feels like a vegetable yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to eat better and yeah. Mm-hmm. Has your relationship with your body changed after? Do you thank it more? Do you? I should do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, I'm like, well, there's this thing I lug around, and hopefully, <laughs> it doesn't fuck up today. But <laughs> you know, not I, yet, not yet. But yeah. uh, you know, it is like a hey, we are all weird meat sacks mm-hmm. that have issues, and you're gonna have some issues and. Don't be grossed out by it and also be more accepting of other people's issues because our weird meat sacks aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the brains operating the meat sacks yes. aren't always perfect. No. And so, you know, not only do you not have control over the meat sack, but you don't have control ultimately over the brain that's inside the meat sack. Yeah. And, the, and the earth that we live on is running out of water. Oh, so yeah. So just enjoy these <laughs> Yeah, honestly, 10 years might be a blessing. Start yeah. hoarding your medicine, everybody. Yeah. Um, Kenise, it's been so nice having you on. Thank you for sharing all that Thank you did. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. You guys, that's it for today's episode. Be sure to send your questions to DST at Betches.com to get them answered. Yes. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. And if you like this episode, please write us a review. And don't forget to check out our DST merch on shop.batches.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And of course, follow me at Lubination. Follow me at Remy Casimir. Kenise, where can they follow you? You can follow me at Kenise Mobley on all the platforms. Yay. And you guys, remember, we're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Aliza Zinn. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Aliza Zinn. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com or your voicemails to 212-287-5650. 
Betches.